ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to let you know, or remind you if you listened to Ignition before, that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy ways to do so. First of all, you could email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us using the Twitter handle at sfdiocese, and the hashtag ignition should be applied enthusiastically. Applied enthusiastically, as opposed to appointed, as in previous episodes of Ignition. Maybe. Father, I think, think, never mind. Merry Christmas, Father. Merry Christmas. We're recording this uh, Happy birthday. in the second week of Advent. Uh, but of course, as you're listening to this, um, we are several days now into the Christmas season. Is Frosty the Snowman an atheist cartoon oh or a gosh. secretly Christian cartoon by the fact that he, whenever they put the hat on his head, he cries out, Happy birthday? Mm. Is that a secret Christmas greeting? Yeah, I think you're right. I never thought about it before. Neither have I. Hmm. Hmm. Well, here we are, as you're listening to this. In, in the octave in of the Christmas. In the o- octave of Christmas. In the octave. I don't know. Try to do an octave. Get it? Oh, octave. nice. Nicely done. Yep. Well, well played. <laughs> do re mi fa so latido. Why is that a Christmas movie? The Sound of Music? Yeah. There's a Christmas. <laughs> No. no, 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 there's no. not. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I consider it a Christmas movie. Oh, okay. And maybe, I don't know. I, I never watched it until I was in college, frankly, Nothing until I was in Austria, which allowed me to go on, you know, the um, touristy, touristy tour. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we didn't do the formal tour, but saw a couple of things in the life of. Um, but for me, I, I always, tra- even though I never watched it growing up, it was always on like Christmas time on TV. It's one of my mom's favorite movies. I really like it. Yeah. Hi, Mom. Uh, I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm the priest director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings, serving the campus of STSU, a Catholic ministry to the campus of STSU. And I am the pastor of St. Paul's in White, South Dakota, the Catholic Church there. And I'm... Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, um, Jermaine's husband for 17 years, and my kid's father for all of their lives. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, and they're, they're particularly joyous as you're listening to this because uh, we celebrate oh. Christmas and now we're with my family in central Minnesota where I'm sure there's tons of snow. Woohoo! Um, but... In addition to all those festivities during the Christmas season, which we are now in the midst of, and which will last until the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, um, we are also celebrating in this octave, the eight days after Christmas, the, a number of feast days. That is, uh, uh, we're celebrating several saints. And <clears throat> if you've never really paid attention to the saints of the octave of Christmas, um, especially for the f- first 
uh, three, four, four days, frankly, um, <laughs> there's something that, that uh, we're going to address right away before we get into the details um, that might seem a little incongruous, if you will. So we've just celebrated um, especially the birth of Jesus. Now, Father and I, uh, in, in previous episodes of Ignition here during Advent, um, this Advent season, spoke about how at Christmas is not just looking back to Jesus's birth. It's also recognizing his coming in our midst in the present and looking forward, anticipating joyfully his coming at the end of time. Um, but certainly the, 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 what we're particularly recalling is his, his birth in Bethlehem uh, over 2,000 years ago. So we're celebrating the birth of a little child and then these days of um, the Christmas octave up to and including today, if you're listening to this on the radio on Thursday, December 29th, we've been celebrating martyrs. 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 Death. Um, people. Christian who, martyrs. Christian martyrs. Thank you. You're Good welcome. Idea. Yes. Uh, we've been celebrating uh, the feasts of St. Stephen, um, John the Apostle, mm-hmm. the Holy Innocents, mm-hmm. and then St. Thomas Becket. Uh, and all of them, uh, John, John the Apostle wasn't literally martyred, but he was martyred in desire. He desired to be martyred. Yep. Uh, and, and the others all literally um, were martyred. Uh, martyred in blood. Um, and it, again, it might seem incongruous. Like, why are we, why does the church give us the birthday of Jesus? The little here's baby? the baby Jesus. And here's St. Stephen being stoned, being bashed to death by rocks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think, and thank you for correct. Stoned isn't just this. Yeah. It's being bashed to death by rocks. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, so, Father, have you? Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever asked this about you. I don't know if your time as a seminarian and, and as a now as a, then as a priest uh, for many years in our diocese. No one's tried to bash me to death with rocks. <laughs> That's good. Well, there's always a first time. Uh, no. What were you going to ask me before I put <laughs> you off track? <laughs> this this strange juxtaposition of baby Jesus, Stephen, mm-hmm. John, the holy innocents, little baby boys, brutally killed by Herod. And then Thomas Beckett, who we'll get to in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Strange contrast. Why does the church do that? Has anybody ever asked you that? Or have you thought about it before? Mm. Well, Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay. And? Well, I mean, because he came to earth and did what he did all. That his birth is not just about a simple birthday party. Happy birthday. Right. It's about the inauguration of the redemption of the world. Yep. In fact, at the conclusion of the octave, we used to have the very beautiful feast of the uh, circumcision. Oh, yeah, right. In right. which the divine uh, blood of the Savior was first shed for mankind, for the sins of mankind. And it's still actually still present there in the readings. We'll talk about that a little bit. But the readings still uh, ref- reflect the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple. I said the presentation. No, the present because he was circumcised oh, on the because circ- he circumcised on the eighth day. Because you're in under, under Jewish law, you're circumcised on the eighth day, and so uh, right, yeah. But okay, so uh, so this idea of Jesus is the reason for the season. So you know, there's as uh, kind of maybe the somewhat popular saying goes that there's a cross in the cradle. And that he was born uh, to die. And uh, dear listeners, I'd like you to mark this. Wait, wait, okay. False alarm. Never mind. I was going to have you mark this that at seven minutes and 15 seconds into this episode, he had just told me he was wrong. But then I was right. But then he's right. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, there he you was go. named Jesus. All right. So, and that's on January 1st? January 1st. Yeah. Okay. 
So yeah, instead of the Feast of the Mother of God, which is an ancient feast it title, is. but when was that used to be celebrated? Uh, it, so it, it wasn't, uh, actually, I don't know if it was celebrated at the time. So interestingly, during my graduate studies, I looked at this feast day because- uh, Of the circumcision? Both of them. Okay. January 1st. Circumcision of the Mother of God. Yeah. So we're kind of getting away from the martyrs here, listeners. I apologize. That's are. my fault. <laughs> it is. Blame me. <laughs> if we're going to bash anyone with stones for this- Father, don't bash me. Don't bash Father. Um, before the Sticks Saint Vatican Council, it, this was it was the 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 um, circumcision, right? And the liturgy. Well, no, and the, well, the liturgy of John the twenty third. Yeah, the missile right. of John the twenty third. Um, after Vatican II, Paul the sixth, his missile, uh, the reform of the missile after Vatican II, um, put the emphasis on Mary, Mother of God. But apparently, uh, that 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 emphasis of Mary's divine maternity, the fact that she is mother of Jesus and therefore mother of God uh, has always been mm. present, even though the title of the feast up until the council until after the council was uh, on about, referred to the circumcision that, that the reality of Mary's divine maternity was always present in, in the prayers of the, of the mass. Right. So. Well, because it makes sense. I mean, cause he's circumcised as a baby right? and babies have a mom mom. Right. Yeah. So we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. Um, what we wanted to do is maybe just go through uh, these saints and, and touch on, on them a little bit. But I think um, going back to, Father, your answer to the question, the reality of Jesus is the reason for the season. And as many people have put it, saints, popes, and so on, Jesus was born to die. Jesus became incarnate. So the incarnate is sort of the beginning um, uh, and it's, and it culminates of Jesus's mission of salvation and it culminates in the Paschal mystery, his passion, death and resurrection. Uh, so, so for centuries, Christians have had used this little axiom that Jesus was born in order to die. Right. And so the martyrs then f- in flesh in themselves, not just the birth of Christ, but the fulfillment of his birth, which was his death on Calvary, which kind of goes back to the idea too of, um, the meaning of a Christian martyr versus the way maybe other religions might use the term right. martyrs right. or other movements might use the word martyr. Yeah. So, so the word means witness. So a martyr, so Jesus wasn't a martyr. Stephen was a martyr because he bore witness to Jesus by his death. John the Apostle was a martyr in desire because he bore witness to Jesus in his suffering and his exile. The holy innocents, even though they're just little babies, they bore innocent, they, they bore witness rather to Jesus by the deaths that they shed because of him. Uh, Thomas Beckett bore witness to Jesus. He is a martyr. Uh, to be a martyr in the Christian sense, lit, the word literally in Greek means witness. It means to bear witness to Jesus. So, St. Stephen, um, his feast day is the one we celebrate literally the day after Christmas, December 26th. Uh, He is the first martyr. Um, So we celebrate his martyrdom. Uh, Father, what do we know about St. Stephen? Uh, Well, a lot from the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, quick quick pause about... Sure. So, uh, one of the great little trivia things about St. Stephen, though is the song uh, Good King Wenceslas. Huh? Right? Which is a, oftentimes a Christmas carol, yep. right? Yep. Because it talks about how he was assassinated on the Feast of Stephen. Oh. Yeah, because he went to go make, because uh, the Basilica, the Cathedral of St. Stephen's, was the patronal church uh, where uh, Wenceslas was king. And it's there that he went to make devotions on the Feast Day of St. Stephen, the day after Christmas, in which his brother Boleslaw uh, saw, went and attacked him. Mm. 
Yeah, so it's dun 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 on the feast of Steve. I remember exactly. Oh, sure. Yep, yep, yep. So. Anyways, so St. Steve, we know a lot about him from the Acts of the Apostles. He was one of the first deacons of the church, so right. he was of Greek descent. He wasn't of Jewish, at least he had Greek connections, but he probably wasn't of Jewish birth, or at least not of completely Jewish birth, but he had become Christian and uh, was seen to be a trusted man, and he was ordained as a deacon in order to... Serve. Serve the widows. Yep. How does he end up being martyred? Because he's preaching the gospel. Amen. Right. So he's out preaching the gospel. They get mad at him. They challenge him. They accuse him of blasphemy for declaring that Jesus Christ is true God. Going back two episodes to our December 15th episode of Ignition on WWJD versus... Jwardern. Which stands for? J-W-A-R, I don't know. What does it stand for? Oh, Jesus, what are you doing right now? Right. Jesus, what are you doing right now? Yep. Right. Because Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. Yep. And that's important. That's worth emphasizing. It's worth dying for. Amen. And so, uh, so St. Stephen uh, is martyred for that in that way. And he very much so desiring to be joined and united with his Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in a death like his. Mm-hmm. So this is the day after Christmas we celebrate St- Stephen's act of intense love and devotion to Jesus Christ, proclaiming him boldly, fearlessly, to the point of giving his life for him. Yep. Anything else about Stephen? Um, well, he also imitates Jesus, not just in his death, but also in his forgiveness of his attackers. Mm, right. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Right. And Luke has him, uh, Luke retells that Stephen did truly imitate his Lord in that death. Right. Uh, also in a sense that he willingly went to that death, that he wasn't some victim in the same sense. Right. As like a, a tragedy or an atrocity where a horrible thing happens to someone. No, he willingly said, I'm not going to give up proclaiming the name of Jesus and the truth of the gospel. And because of that, they kill him. Right, right. And so he willingly goes in that way, just in the same way that our Lord, no one takes his life from him. He freely lays it down. Amen. You're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson, the Priest Director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center, a Catholic ministry to South Dakota State University, and the Pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, a mission with a mission. Trademark pending. Amen. Uh, Christmas blessings to you. Uh, we are, in this episode of Ignition, we're talking about the, the saints of the Christmas octave. Uh, that is those uh, men, women, and children whose feast days we celebrate in the eight days after Christmas. So here in the Christmas octave, just as like after Thanksgiving, pumpkin spice got moved out and, and candy cane flavoring got moved in, what gets moved in after Christmas? Oh boy, I don't know. I, you know I, I live for these last few days of my eggnog lattes. Oh, eggnog. Yeah, yeah. eggnog. So when, when do we switch from candy cane to eggnog? Or is eggnog no. already... Oh, eggnog, is eggnog, is, eggnog, praise the Lord, has been around since Halloween. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it, it hasn't moved out yet is what I'm saying. It, Got it, it. But it's, it's, its departure is imminent. I might like to make actual eggnog sometime. Uh, did it once. It's, it's really good, but it's just much easier to buy it. <laughs> So, so we're talking about 
we're not talking about holiday drinks. Uh, again, we're talking about these these saints, many of them martyrs that were celebrating in these immediate days after Christmas. So, and why do we have martyrs dying right after the little baby Jesus was born? Exactly. We've already talked about that. Rewind, download it, rewind if you... Listen to the beginning of the episode. We'll have to rewind if you download, but... Two days after Christmas, the 27th of December, we celebrate the Feast of St. John the Evangelist, St. John the Apostle, the beloved disciple, um, who was not literally martyred, but he was martyred by desire, if you will. He was exiled to the Greek island of Patmos, where, as far as we know, he lived out the rest of his days, um, presumably then and there, writing his gospel and also writing down the vision that he had uh, as recorded in the book of Revelation and the three letters that are attributed to him. Yep. So what, what might what might we say in the context, Father, of the Christmas octave about St. John? The Curiously, St. John has no narrative of Christmas in his gospel. Oh, yes, he doesn't. Right? Uh, he just has his very theological, philosophical meditation on the word becoming flesh, uh, the prologue of John's gospel, chapter one, verse one to 18, mm-hmm. very powerful spiritual prayer. And uh, the one that's actually used for Christmas morning mass. The morning mass, okay. Yep. Now that's one of the interesting things I, I, that, that I, you know, just this is, uh, what do you, uh, when it comes to liturgy, like geeking out of the liturgy, the fact that there are, Four Christmas masses, meaning four mm. distinct sets of prayers and scriptural readings. Correct. Uh, so, it, you, and I, I don't know if I'll get them right. Mass on the vigil, mass in the night, midnight, midnight yep. uh, mass dawn. at dawn, and mass in the morning. morning. So it's the fourth mass that you were just speaking of, uh, the yes. mass in the morning. I think that's right, though, um, where we read the gospel account is not from Matthew or from Luke about the shepherds and so on. Well, the Matthew gospel passage at the vigil is actually the gen- is the, the, uh, the genealogy. genealogy. Yeah. yeah, which oftentimes gets skipped over, unfortunately. I never skip it. Good for you. Uh, we should talk about the genealogy sometime. We should. Maybe we will. Um, but at the fourth listeners, mass, uh, if you use Twitter, make sure you tweet at us and ask for the genealogy of Matthew if you want us to do an <clears throat> episode on that, or email us ignition at sfcatholic.org if you'd like us to hear about and talk about if you'd like to us to talk about the genealogy of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Amen. When unprepared promos go wrong. Amen. Um, so John's gospel prologue, chapter one, verses one through 18 is, is the one proclaimed at that fourth Christmas day, Christmas mass. Uh, what else do you think in the context of John, uh, John in the context of the Christmas octave? Well, you know, you talk about, he was a martyr in desire, but not in fact. Yeah. Um, or at least not in bodily death. It also interesting because in the end of John's end of John's gospel, uh, John chapter 21, there's a dialogue between Jesus and Peter, and John kind of gets dragged into it, um, where Jesus eventually says to Peter, like, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted, but now when you're older, uh, you will be uh, taken where you do not want to go, and there's even a prophecy about his death in that. And then Peter's like, well, what about John? And Jesus says to him, well, what if he should live forever? Right. 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 And so from that, it's interesting, while martyrs, you know, talk about that fulfillment of the death of Jesus, St. John really talks about that testimony towards the resurrection and eternal life. And especially then, because at the end of his life that he had his 
vision of heaven and the coming of God at the end right. of all time. Right. And so he kind of did live to see the end in a way. He did. You're right. And yeah. the fruit of the res- and the fruit of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Amen. I think also to um, so his bearing witness by his suffering exile. Uh, bears witness to you and I that we like him, unlike Stephen, most of us will not be called to literally shed blood for the gospel, but perhaps like John, the apostle and evangelist, uh, we should be prepared to undergo some suffering, uh, no matter how meager, uh, maybe it's, it's, and you talked about this in a previous episode, I think last week's episode about, um, how we can, uh, encourage evangelization or perish. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid about others. Uh, others think of us. Right. Right, so to have that charism of Saint John in that way. Right, right. So, so during this these these days after Christmas, to be to remember, uh, to take courage and be not afraid to proclaim your faith in Jesus Christ, not only born in the manger but risen from the dead, and who will come again to judge the world by fire. Amen. Amen. So uh, after John the Apostle, we have on December 28th, uh, Wednesday this year, um, the Feast of the Holy Innocents. So this is, we read about this in Matthew's Gospel, uh, those boys, years age two and under, who, because of Herod's blood, uh, well, jealousy and rage to destroy... Insecurity. Insecurity. To destroy the child Jesus because he might be a rival to his throne, rightly so. Uh, Herod had all the boys aged two and under in Bethlehem killed. Um, And the church recalls these holy innocents. And on this day, Father, you as a priest at Mass wear red. So even though these these boys were unable to make um, a conscious action um, in in proclamation and defense of Jesus Christ, a conscious act of martyrdom, the Church has long regarded them as martyrs nonetheless. Right, which is interesting, uh, just because of them not them not having that actual choice in the matter, but really just being privileged to be forerunners of Jesus in that way. Right, right, right. So. Again, we have sort of Stephen, martyr by intention and by act. Uh, John the Apostle, martyred not by intention, or by intention, but not by act. Now the Holy Innocents, martyred in act, but not by, not by their intention. Father. You know, and I think it's a great uh, reminder for us, too, of how the church world looks, how the church looks differently than our cultural world around us does. They would say, you know, what, what comfort it is to these parents that they lost their children? Mm. But the church says, well, no, but they were lost as a foretaste of the coming of Jesus Christ Mm. in that way. And so in that way, they are secure in heaven and they're with our blessed Lord and our lady and the saints uh, by giving that witness. And so it's a challenge for us to look, especially to the true meaning of Christmas, uh, sin and salvation, as opposed to just earthly comfort. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Anything else with the the Holy Innocence, Father? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we're running out of time anyway, so we should move on. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to finish the octave here or not. Uh, but now we're up to today, at least, if you're listening to this as we broadcast. Uh, Thursday this year, Thursday, December 29th, we recall the feast of the bishop and martyr, Thomas Beckett. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend Father, my public high school world history class when I was a junior oh. or senior, senior, one of the years, um, we watched the movie Beckett 
uh, in class. And that's frankly how I know most of what I know about the Saint Thomas Beckett. Uh, Peter O'Toole and who's the, there's another big actor. Uh, I looked this up earlier yeah. and I forgot. Uh, two well-known actors from I think with movies made the fifties or sixties, uh, but made the the, the movie Beckett, uh, which recounts uh, generally speaking, it's uh, generally faithful to what we know. It's historical fiction, I guess you could call it, uh, but gives an account of the life of Thomas Beckett, um, who was ordained a bishop by his friend the king, and then ultimately martyred, uh, in a sense, by his friend. The king. king. Yep. Um, what else? Might... Richard Burton, Peter O'Toole. Richard Burton, and Peter O'Toole. So tell us a little bit more about um, St. Thomas Beckett, Father Dickinson. Well, uh, I haven't seen the movies. I don't know as much as you in some ways. Okay. But uh, That's true about so that... many things. I know. <laughs> Except the Bible. Whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, St. Thomas Beckett, uh, he wasn't. He didn't set out to be a priest in any way. Right. He served as a as a lawyer, as a chancellor, was an advisor to the king, uh, and was recommended to King Henry the Second. And uh, and king, it was King Henry the Second that said, "Hey, well, you know, Thomas, you'd be good to be the next Archbishop of Canterbury." And t- Henry did it, hoping to kind of secure some of his influence over right. the church. Right. And Thomas got installed, and lo and behold, when he was ordained and received the sacrament of holy orders, something happened. Yep. He became an aesthetic. He kind of rejected the life of luxury and pleasure, and he sought to be at the service of God. And so the conflict came when uh, King Henry II wanted uh, to restrain some of the powers of the church with the uh, Council of Clarendon, and uh, Becket uh, refused, and things went awry from there. Right, and he ultimately was killed. Right, assassinated in the uh, Cathedral of, uh, of Canterbury. Right. Right. So um, <laughs> that just goes when when secular powers try to exert influence over the church, doesn't always work out quite the way they no. had planned. No. Uh, so a powerful and frankly, Father, I think today for our times in which we live, a powerful witness. But again, like the Feast of the Holy Innocents, it's a secular king in fear looking to kill Jesus Christ present in Beckett. Amen. Amen. Um, anything else about Thomas Beckett? Nope. So, uh, December 30th does not have a, a saint typically ascribed to that day or celebrated that day. This year, 2016, we are celebrating the Feast of the Holy Family because the first will be Mary, Mother of God. So there is the Feast of that, uh, but we're not Because usually the that. Sunday in between Christmas and New Year's is the Feast of the Holy Family, but this year we put it to December 30th because Sunday is Christmas, Sunday is New Year, there's no Sunday between Sunday. Right, exactly. So you can't... Have a Sunday so, in between Sunday. So we celebrate the Holy Family on Friday the 30th. Did you know that some priests complain about uh, Christmas on Sunday? Because they lose a collection. I know. Yeah, I've heard that before. Okay. The reality of parish life. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, December 31st is the Feast of Pope Sylvester I. Uh, important because he called or convoked, rather, uh, authorized the Council of Nicaea, which defined definitively that Jesus truly is God. In Suffer and succotash. How about that? <laughs> uh, and he's celebrated today um, because he was buried on this day. Yeah. Way back martyr? in the 4th century. Nope. No, no, nope. not nope. a martyr. Not, not a martyr. And then on Sunday the 1st, we celebrate the solemnities. Father just said, Mary, Mother of God. And Theotokos. That, and that is it. Father, any, any final word? Celebrate the octave. Amen. 
Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. That will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, uh, sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition with any questions about today's topic or ideas for future ones. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.